Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll get Tim Hasselbeck in here a little later this hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Go through all the quarterback stuff. And coming up here in just a few minutes, I will explain to you what the actual reality of the situation in Chicago is. Because it seems to me pretty much everyone is getting it completely wrong. But before we do that, I do think it is worth a very quick uh, visit back to Connor Burks. So we talk a lot about Bubba and to Bubba on this program today, our longtime disheveled board operator. Well, he's off today. And so Connor is filling in for him. And it was pointed out by Hembo that Connor has a very soothing voice. So, Connor, if I could just ask you to just say hello again here. So for those just joining us to get a sense of just how soothing that voice actually is. Hello. How is everybody doing today? Mm. See, it's very nice. Oh, man. I'm doing great. He really man. does have a great voice. So I sent you. Do you have the email I sent you? I have received it. I've got the lines right here. Okay, so I'm gonna, I, I sent him some famous movie lines. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask him, you just read those, and then Hembo and everybody, you just see if you know what this is from. I just Googled famous movie lines, and I picked out three that I knew and like. So let's see how we do with these. Go ahead, and uh, the floor is yours, Connor. Read the first line from the first movie. You want the moon? Just say the word, and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. I'll give you the moon. Can you name that line from that movie? Um, is that from Casablanca? No, Casablanca. That's James Stewart's Jimmy Stewart, and it's a wonderful life. I've watched that movie. I should have gotten that. I will lasso the moon and pull it down. I, I should have known that because I have seen that movie. That is a classic and a classic Honestly, line. I was distracted by the voice. His voice is so soothing. I thought it was from Casablanca. All right. That's, Nuno, you're up next. Uh, Connor, read the next line. And Nuno, you tell me if you know what this is from. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me. That or uh, his dudeness, uh, duder, El Duderino, uh, if you're not into the whole bev- brevity thing. Go ahead. Nuno, can you name that? Was that from The Big Lebowski? That is yeah. indeed from The Big Lebowski. All right, and one more. Who else is in there today? We have uh, people. We have Renee with us okay, today. Okay, Renee, go ahead. See if you can name this last one. I've seen things you people would not believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears and rain. Boy, that's beautifully said. I'm touched. Beautifully said. Uh, Renee, can you name that film? I'll be honest. No, I was distracted by the soothing voice. <laughs> Me too. Does anyone know it? That's Blade Bla- Runner. That's Blade Runner. Oh, oh That's from Blade it. Runner. Oh, I just looked it up too. I don't know. I don't understand that. <laughs> I didn't know that. But you know what? I am disarmed. I'm disarmed by his voice. It really is that good. Does he have the best voice of anyone you've ever worked with? Including myself? Including yourself. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think not. <laughs> Does he have at least a second best voice? Yes. I mean, I, he certainly has the second best voice on this show at minimum. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm very impressed. No, Connor, you are welcome here anytime at all. Oh, I'm, if this I'm, is high praise. I appreciate it. No, that really oh, is a spectacular just, voice. Just keep talking. High praise. I appreciate it. Do you have any <laughs> accents? Can you do an accent? <laughs> I, I don't I don't do accents. I'm I'm throwing something out there right now. I don't even know what this no, is. No, no. I was thinking maybe like a southern accent. Can you? Do it? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm from Atlanta. Okay, give me a little southern accent. What Say kind something of southern. southern. Accent do you like? It's I'll try and be smooth with it here. Something along the lines of sweet tea and fried chicken. <gasps> 
Oh Bless your heart and yes. whatnot. I really like it. Man. I would actually like some sweet tea and fried chicken, too. That's very well done. All right. Very nicely done, uh, Connor, with a good voice. And, and Nuno, I mean, uh, Hembo, good job of pointing that out. Mm. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Let's get back to the football. Um, I opened the show today just because I know people, you know, check in every now and again during the program. I know everyone wanted my take on the Carl Lawson injury for the Jets, and and I try not to overdo it. I so I'll just describe for you the adjectives that I feel about the Jets losing their best player in a in a, a joint scrimmage against the Green Bay Packers for the year. Their highest paid player, who everyone said was the best player on the team, doesn't even make it to the start of the season. And so I would describe myself as ravaged, raised, ruined, wrecked, and desecrated, desolate, despoiled, devoured, leveled, pillaged, plundered, raided, sacked, smashed, spoiled, totaled, trashed, wasted, depredated, done in, laid waste to, spoliated, stamped out, taken apart, and wiped off the map. Outside of that, I'm doing great. Those are the emotions that I felt yesterday watching that happen. In the meantime, I thought there was an interesting thing I saw yesterday, and I, I thought it would be a fun exercise to do. Terrell Owens, because he always thinks things like this, <laughs> the legendary T.O., thinks he can still play in the NFL. He's 47 years old. He posted video of himself running on a track. He's obviously still fast, insanely athletic, is already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, despite the fact that he didn't show up to be uh, inducted. But he says he could still play in the NFL. And that got me to thinking, who is a player who is out of the sport now that you would most like to see come back? Nuno, doesn't have to be football, any sport. Who is a retired athlete that if you could bring back, if you could see this guy play one more time, who would it be? It would be football, and it would be Barry Sanders. Mm. That's right. See, that's not bad. He probably could still. He's still. How old is Barry? He's probably still. He retired so young. I think Barry Sanders and I. But he, he actually, I take that back. He's going to be my age. He's fifty-three. He's fifty-three. So that's a little old to go back and play. But he probably still could. He, he, uh, that's a good one, Barry Sanders. To see him come back, the career cut short. How about you, Hembo? Brett Favre. Brett Favre is fifty-one. I. I bet you he could still go out and have a reasonably good NFL game. Some guys can just throw the football, and he could still play. Well, there are guys who will be able to throw the football until they can no longer lift their arm up. There are guys who were just born with that arm. Vinny Testaverde is that guy. Vinny Testaverde will be able to fling a spiral. He'll be able to spin it, as they say, mm-hmm. when he's 85 years old. <laughs> that just, that's just, but that, that, there's more to it than that. Favre is an interesting one. The one thing about Favre is, he, you got everything you were going to get out of him, right? Like, there's not, they didn't leave a whole lot left. I like Barry Sanders as a call because you, there was so much that sort of felt left on the table with him. But it's running back, though. Like, are you going to be able to run the football in the NFL at 53? Like, to stand back there behind, like, they don't even let you touch the quarterback anymore. But I bet Brett Favre could still have a game. Vinny Testaverde could still have a game. Barry Sanders is a pretty good one. I mean, the, I, I would like to see Deion Sanders come mm. back and play because with the way the game is played now, with the, the shutdown corner, Dion was really the first of those. I'd like to see Dion doing that and returning punts. Dion Sanders was the price of admission guy. Barry and Dion, the two most entertaining players of their generation, both had the same last name. 
Dion, 54 years old, you think he could still cover somebody? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think I think Dion would still run back a punt for a touchdown in an NFL game right now. If you if you let him be your punt returner over the course of a season, he would run back wow. at least one touchdown mm. at the age of 54. You know, the most common answer to this question that I was seeing online was Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson is the person that we're obsessed with seeing. Like, obviously, he was cut short. That's why, like, there's something about Bo Jackson for people, but, like, whether it be football or baseball, he's 58, and he says he, says he thinks he could still do it. So who, who am I to say otherwise? I'd like to see it happen myself. There's no question. One other thing I wanted to get in here, and then we'll dive into explaining to everyone why they're getting it completely wrong on the Justin Fields thing. But the Jordan Love thing is interesting to me in this way. Jordan Love drafted in the first round by the Packers two years ago, and now he's hurt in this preseason, and there's all this hand-wringing and consternation about what this is going to mean for him in the long term. He is already in a fairly small group of quarterbacks. In the last 30 years, there are only three quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round who did not start a single game within their first two seasons. Can you name them? It's an interesting question. Nuno, have you seen it? I put it in the doc. I should have made this a trivia question. Could you have named them? I could have named two. All right. One of them is Aaron Rodgers. Three quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round in the last 30 years that didn't play a single game, start a single game in their first two seasons. One of them is Aaron Rodgers, sat for three seasons. Another one is Phillip Rivers, who sat for two seasons behind Drew Brees, with the Chargers, I had forgotten that was two full seasons that Breeze held off Rivers in San Diego. The third is a Jet. Chad Pennington sat for two full seasons behind Vinny Testaverde and then wound up having a very good career. The point is all these guys turned out to be really good. So I think that's interesting to put into the perspective here of the Jordan Love piece of all this. It would not be such a concern if he sat two or even a third season. History does not suggest that guy can't do it. Now, none of those three guys played at a time when having a quarterback on his rookie contract was the value that it is now. You are letting the clock tick on that thing, and you are letting all of that go by. He wouldn't even dress for a game last year. He will be the backup quarterback this year, and next year he'll be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That's just the way this thing is going to go. Rodgers is going to leave. He's going to be in Denver next year, and the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers is going to be Jordan Love, and that history tells us that there's a real good chance it's going to be okay. Sitting for two years served all those guys just fine. Chad had a terrific career. Rivers is headed to the Hall of Fame. And Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'll take that history going forward with Jordan Love. Do you think the financial piece of it, which you just outlined, is the biggest reason why we've become so impatient with rookie quarterbacks? Because all those guys, like you know, Rodgers, Rivers, Pennington, that's a long, long time ago. Right. This is an unprecedented thing. Uh, amongst you know quarterbacks drafted in the last 10 or 15 years you think the financial piece is the biggest reason why or if there are other factors no the to- financial piece is the big not maybe maybe not for the fans but for the teams teams have become impatient uh-huh. they need to find out because by the time the quarterback gets i mean look where we are right now with baker mayfield and sam darnold and that whole draft class lamar and josh allen and all them teams have to make their decisions on these guys now you have three years basically to make a call on a guy You have three years to make a decision on whether or not this guy can play. If he sits for two, you're giving yourself a pretty tough job. And you're going to wind up having to pay him a fortune in order to keep him. And you don't want to do that if you haven't seen the sample sizes one season long. 
But my gut feeling is Jordan Love is going to be just fine. Airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Tim Hasselbeck a little later in the hour. But coming up next, I will explain why absolutely everyone is getting it completely wrong on the quarterback thing in Chicago in the most fundamental way. That is next. This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests like Tim Hasselbeck will join me shortly and Moose Johnson a little earlier today. On the Goodyear Hotline, we come to you, as always, from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, and I need to give you the scoop. The scoop. All right, if I hear one more person describing the Andy Dalton-Justin Fields thing as the Kansas City model, as though this is the reincarnation of Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to have to smash my head into a wall. Because those people don't really know what they're talking about. And if Matt Nagy really is viewing it that way because he was there, then he couldn't be more wrong. Here's the deal. Patrick Mahomes has turned into the best quarterback in the National Football League and one who might wind up being one of the greatest that ever lived. And let's all hope if we uh, like the Bears, that Justin Fields winds up being even close to that. That would be a remarkable thing. But Andy Dalton is not Alex Smith. Let's be clear. 2017 is the year that we are talking about. In the year 2017, when Patrick Mahomes sat all but the last game of the year, Alex Smith of the Chiefs led the NFL in passer rating. He was the number one rated quarterback in the NFL. That's one of the reasons Patrick Mahomes didn't get off the bench any earlier than he did. Did you know that in the last five seasons, Andy Dalton is 34th in the sport in QBR? Five years, 34th. There are only 32 teams. So this idea that Andy Dalton is Alex Smith is not fair. At his best, Andy Dalton wasn't Alex Smith. And the last five years, he hasn't been anywhere near his own best. I can go farther. Over the last five years, he's 31st in yards per attempt, 34th in completion percentage, and 34th in total QBR. Andy Dalton has been a well-below-average starting quarterback for five years now. 
I'm not trying to criticize the guy. I hope he plays great. Now, last year was a year that maybe no one could have overcome in Dallas. The, the vibe around that team, everything there was such a disaster and a mess after what happened at Dak, and the defense was so bad. Let's even take that off the ledger. The idea that Andy Dalton was great the last few years is just wrong. It's not right. Cincinnati drafted Joe Burrow for a reason. They had the first pick in the draft for a reason. There are 43 qualified quarterbacks in the sport, meaning they've thrown enough passes to qualify for these stats over the last five years. And of those 43, Dalton is 34th in total QBR. That's not even close to average. So the idea that, well, you know, we're going to go with him because it gives us a great chance to win and then we'll slide in, I don't know. I don't know if there's any obvious reason to think you have a better chance to win with Andy Dalton than you do with a rookie quarterback just because he has experience. So that's just not right. So the next time someone tells you, well, they're just following the Kansas City model, they're just doing with exactly what they did with Alex Smith. No, they're not. They're not doing it with Alex Smith. If they had Alex Smith circa 2017, this would make a lot more sense. So to me, when Justin Fields, and this should always have been the case because they moved up just as the Chiefs did once upon a time. They moved up in the draft to take Mahomes, and the Bears moved up in the draft to take um, Fields. This decision should be made exclusively based upon when it is best for Fields. The most important thing you are doing there is trying to develop a quarterback. Whenever you think is best for him, that's when he goes in. And it's that simple. And it has nothing to do with Andy Dalton gives you a great chance to win. Because there isn't any obvious reason to think that's true. And you've done a good job at debunking the Alex Smith equals Andy Dalton thing. But Patrick Mahomes was in a very different position entering the NFL than Justin Fields is. Patrick Mahomes, the 10th overall pick that year, has admitted that he didn't know how to even read defenses entering the league. Justin Fields was the best quarterback or among the best quarterbacks in America in the Big Ten for each of the last two years. So he's starting at a different place too, no? Yes, that's completely right. Justin Fields is coming in. See, here's what happened. Before last college season, Justin Fields was neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence as the best quarterback in college football. And then last season happened, and it was a terrible year. Ohio State had all of this COVID stuff, and he did not play great. He had several games in which he did not play great. And the geniuses who run NFL teams love to outthink themselves. And they moved all these guys ahead of him. All of a sudden, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields is falling. And does he process? And all of this insanity. And he winds up all of a sudden, people treat him like, well, maybe he'll be good. Let's be clear. He was a much better college player than Patrick Mahomes was. Much. Not even close. He is a better prospect coming in than Patrick Mahomes was. Now, Mahomes was drafted into an unbelievable situation with a brilliant offensive coach and great skill position talent around him and had the opportunity to sit behind a great quarterback in Alex Smith, who himself was once the first pick in the draft, and learn. And that is the perfect storm that led to Patrick Mahomes, in addition, obviously, to his extraordinary work and his extraordinary talent turning into what he has become, which is maybe by the time he's done the greatest we've ever seen in the history of the sport. That's certainly a possibility. I've never seen anyone as good as he has been in their first three years in my whole life watching the game. But that was one situation. This is an entirely different one. So I have no idea if Fields is going to wind up being that. But let's be clear. Coming in the door, 
he's better than Mahomes. He's better than Mahomes was walking in the door. It's on the Bears now to get it right, and they have every opportunity to do it. All right, we'll talk about that as we go. we got to get to the bottom of this what-do-you-pair-with-pizza debate that we're having off the air here, and frankly, it's kind of aggravating me. We'll do that. We'll bring Tim Hasselbeck in on all the quarterback questions and more in a moment right after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Previously on Greeny. Did anyone watch football last year and think, you know what, I think there's just too much taunting going on. These guys seem to be too excited when they make big plays, and every now and again, it seems to be in the face of their opponent. This does not have any impact on the competition of the game until you choose to make it so. And what I'm suggesting is don't choose that. And our weekly rewind is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. The game is, generally speaking, in a very good place, I think, the National Football League. Uh, but that doesn't mean you should be looking around for problems where they do not exist. <laughs> like, you know, we got nothing to do over here today, guys. Like, everything seems to be going swimmingly. What should we do? I don't know. Let's get rid of taunting. No, that's a bad idea. <laughs> that's not the way to do it. All right, it is my pleasure to welcome Tim Hasselbeck back to the conversation. It has been too long since I've had a chance to talk quarterback stuff with him. Good morning again, Tim Hasselbeck. Hey, Granny. Let's get into this Dak thing, because I have been sounding the alarm on Dak for the last couple of weeks, mostly because of you. You came on TV with me, and um, early on in this process, and when a lot of people were saying, oh, this thing with Dak Prescott isn't a big deal, and you immediately said, no, it is a big deal. And here we are three and a half weeks later, and it still clearly seems to be a problem, and we're now less than three weeks away from them starting their season. 
What impact do you think this is liable to have on him and on the team? Well, I think it's a big deal because it's hard to get stuff like this to recover when you're kind of in the, you know, the beginning parts of a season. Like, it's hard to find big windows of rest. They're clearly trying to find it right now. And if it doesn't fully calm down, I think the big impact is that it just continues to be something that happens. I could just tell that was going to come there. He's, hang on, let's put him on hold. I, I could tell that was going to go. He's not in a great sell spot there, and this is just the reality of uh, broadcasting in this day and age, and we'll try and get that worked out there. Tim Hasselbeck with us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven, driven, see if we can't get him into a better spot. It is the reason that I said yesterday, and I'll say again, I think Zeke Elliott is a sneaky good fantasy pick. You know, I've got fantasy on the mind because we did the fantasy marathon earlier this week, and and I'm going to do a draft again. I got into fantasy a couple of years ago. I, I, I was one of those who didn't do it for a very long time, and then I started uh, to try and keep my head in what was going on with things, and I found myself becoming addicted to it like everybody else. It's just fun, and it's exciting and interesting. And so I do believe that Zeke Elliott becomes, uh, I, I think they will wind up relying on him more than most people might project going into the season. You're thinking, well, they have C.D. Lamb and they have Amari Cooper and they have all these guys to fling it around. Maybe not. And I think we have Tim back here. And so let's pick it up there again. Uh, Tim, you were saying that um, that there's really no time to find to rest an arm for a quarterback during the season. So they're doing it now and hoping that it will get all the way better. That's the key. And I heard you talk about relying on the run game. And I think it's going to impact, you know, how you can practice, you know, throughout the, the week. And so, yeah, if this is something that lingers, that's why I kind of thought it was a big deal when it happened. But that is a problem for Dallas. Let's pick up on that thought for a minute. Impacting the way you can practice. You know, because that, that's another one that you put in my head that, you know, you can practice – if you're giving your linebacker the week, you know, to take it easy, or if you're giving the running back the week to take, because other people can step in and do that. You don't have that many people that throw on a football team. So if Dak can't practice, what impact does that have? If he is limited in what he can do from a practice standpoint, because the arm is in whatever shape it's in, how does that actually affect the team's ability? Well, like in a specific example, let's say you have a special play you're putting down, you know, in the red zone and you rep it in practice and you think, you know what, that timing didn't look right between Dak, you know, and the wide receiver. And so, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to tighten the split down a little bit to see if that helps. And so you rerun the play again and you do that and you go, you know what, maybe we need to tighten it down even more. And so now there's one play that you're working on that you've run it three different times, which means he's thrown the ball at least three more times. And, and so, like things like that, you just you kind of don't have the ability to do. And, you know, it can snowball. And that's just like one tiny example. But, you know, you've got examples like that in terms of what you're doing on third down and what you're doing in your first and second down offense. So, yeah, I think those are all issues. We're practicing two-minute drives at the end of a practice. Like, is, is he, you know, can he handle taking those reps? So I think those are things you have to be concerned about because it's a marathon. These seasons are long. And the quarterback never stops throwing. You were telling me a story the last time I had you on Get Up about when you were with Eli in New York, and I forget when you told me he got hurt, but he, he banged an elbow or something like that, and he was not really fine the entire season? It was a preseason game. People could go back to it. Julius Peppers, we were playing Carolina, stripped the ball out of his hand as he was going to throw. And it was kind of like, 
oh, you know, fortunately landed on it or something, you know. And then he finished the game, and the next day he's like, yeah, my elbow's a little sore. And so I think they gave him a day of rest, or maybe come in, they're like, hey, Tim, you're going to start the next preseason game. He's like, okay, like, no big deal. Like, you know, it's preseason, he's not playing. But then, you know, like, as the season went along, it was like, wait a minute, that's still bothering him. And it was still bothering him at the end of the year. Now, it was nothing that prevented him from ever playing. Obviously, he was, you know, an Iron Man when you look at his career. But it was something that never felt 100% for that entire season. And I think that, look, that's just the case with throwers. Like, you, you know, and I would say this green too. The other thing that kind of took me off is that it wasn't like he finished a practice and there was an issue. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, I'm pulling myself out of practice. Like, that to me is a big sign where the guy pulls himself out of practice and is like, you know what, I don't think it's a good idea for me to keep throwing. Well, keep an eye on this because, and, and I mean, the whole world loves the Cowboys this year in this high-flying offense, and we'll see what they are and not able to do. Greeny and Tim Hasselbeck, I've got some notes from you here. Let's go through a few of these. You are projecting big things for Matthew Stafford this season. What are you seeing? Well, listen, I just think that his skill level, his talent, his ability to attack every area of the field, how good he is when things move, how good he is with play action, is going to just he's going to look like a different player, I believe, in Sean McVay's offense. Can you give me well, what are his MVP odds, Hembo? I think yeah, that's I. an interesting one because Whoa. you know I, I'm, I'm going to ask Hembo to look that up for us here, Tim, because I, that that's a sneaky, interesting pick there. He's, he's yeah. going to be amongst the favorites, right? Hembo's getting it for us here, but but I, I, here's the only yeah, question. Hey, listen, yeah, yeah, I was going to say I like it. I hadn't really thought about him, but. You know, with the Cam Akers injury, they probably are going to have to rely on him more. They're going to have to find another runner, and I think until they find another runner, you know, we could end up seeing a little bit more reliance on Stafford in the passing game. You know, my my concern with that team, or the concern that I've heard raised about that team, is that they are thin. And they've already, as you mentioned, Cam Akers, they've lost him for the season. Um, And because they have so much money tied up in a small collection of players, and they're outstanding players, it's Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford, but that is a team, if a team is is thin, um, generally speaking, are they built for a long haul, particularly a 17-game season, Tim? That's the question I'm hearing about them more than anything else. Yeah, and it's legitimate. I remember the year the, the Packers, you know, won the Super Bowl and they had like, I don't know, 19 guys go on the IR that yeah. year. I mean, look, you, you do need to find depth. I mean, think about this year. There's a reason these roster sizes are bigger with you know, everyone still kind of dealing with contact tracing and various protocols. So, like, you're going to need a lot of hands on deck. That's a real concern. And I think, it, look, you've got to beat the market in some areas. Like, they have to beat the market at running back in – Look, I don't think that they're starting running backs on their roster right now. I think someone's going to get cut from the team and is going to end up being their starting running back. But um, And so they've got to get that type of stuff right. So, look, I think it's a legitimate concern. Stafford is 18-1 to 1 to win MVP. He has the seventh shortest odds of anyone. Everyone in front of him are quarterbacks. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Rodgers, Brady, Lamar Jackson, and Dak actually has shorter odds than Stafford at 18-1. to 1. That might be worth a sneaky little play. Um, the other note that we have from you here, what impact do you expect Odell Beckham to have coming back for an offense that looked so good the second half of last season and a team in Cleveland that looks like they could be really dangerous this year? They get Odell back. What happens now? I think it's a good thing. I know we've kind of talked about, like, are they better without him and that type of stuff. I still think it's a good thing. I think the success last year without him, 
I think, empowers the quarterback. And I think the coach empowers the quarterback. And I think the coach has, um, you know, enough understanding about, you know, what they do and why they do it and the ability to explain that to the team that, that I, I think that wins out over, over the receiver that's frustrated that he had three catches in a game. And so I think they'll find ways to feature him. He has so much talent. And I think, you know, it's good to have talented players catching the ball and running with it. And, and they will do that uh, with Odell. So, look, I, I'm not saying it won't be without hiccup, but I think that they are going to be better with him in their offense. Greeny and Tim Hasselbeck with me on ESPN Radio. One more. The Baltimore Ravens were a team in this uh, preseason and, and this training camp that I was really interested to watch because there's always this question of are they going to start to evolve their offense in a new direction, throwing the ball more. And unfortunately, they've had a disaster of a training camp with, first of all, the quarterback has COVID and misses all of this time. And then they lose so many of their receivers, primarily the first-round pick Rashad Bateman, who has surgery and is going to be out until sometime in September at the soonest. Do you believe they need to play offense differently than the way they have the last couple of years to have a chance to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't need believe they need to do it differently. I think they're going to try to get better at the stuff they don't major in, which is good because look, you you might you know, you might have first and five and, and rip off a great run, but you know, with the, the new cut block rules, you know, you may end up having a penalty. And now all of a sudden you find yourself with a third and eight and you need Lamar to make a throw from inside the pocket. So you, know, you can't uh, abandon trying to improve in areas that you're not great at. At the same time, I don't think you need to change who you are. And I don't think it's a good idea to do that. When teams play Baltimore, they, they want Lamar to stay in the pocket and throw the football. They would prefer that be what they're defending. Um, what they don't want to defend is the run game and the QB run game off of it and then defending the run game and then dealing with the tight ends or somebody screaming down the field. So, uh, I, look, I, I think you need to work on what you're not great at, but at the same time, I don't think they need to change a bit. All right, it's going to be interesting to watch what they wind up doing. Tim, before I let you go, I have one more question, and this is not one that you were probably expecting to be asked. But uh, do you like pizza? Are you a, a, a fan of pizza? I, I am a pizza fan. Okay, perfect. When you have pizza for dinner, not lunch, okay. but dinner, what do you pair it with? What do you want to drink when you are having pizza for dinner? A beer. Okay, a beer. So we went in the middle. So, okay, that's fair. and then there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good answer. I think that's probably the most popular answer. Like if this was Family Feud, I'd be saying, "Well, that's the most popular answer." Sixty-two percent of the people said it because because I said to Hembo, I don't even know how this came up, but in a break, I said to Hembo, "If I have pizza for dinner, I drink wine with it," and he's trying to tell me that there's something wrong with drinking wine. With pizza. Now, Tim, there's nothing wrong with preferring a beer, but is there anything wrong with pairing wine with pizza, in your opinion, Tim Hasselbeck? Greeny, you and I have never uh, shared a pizza. Right. But I'm guessing the pizza that I had in my mind was a little bit different than, like, the 
artisanal pizza that you maybe had in your mind. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? No, it's not. It's not fair. I'm from New York. I grew up, I put the one slice on top of the other one, and you fold them over together, and you eat it. And that, that's, I, I eat the same pizza. No, I listen, I, I know you've done that, and I, I don't doubt that when you were 12 and you were walking home from school, and you got off the subway and you went in and grabbed the slice. Yeah. That I don't doubt that it was some greasy pizza. Right. You know, that, that I, I don't doubt that. I don't think you still eat that kind of pizza, dude. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm sorry. He's calling you out. I just, okay. I, I just, so here's the I, thing. That would be the last type of pizza I think that you eat. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. So pizza, I actually do eat, and I eat regular pizza regularly. Now, now, generally speaking, I'll eat that for lunch. That's a nice, quick lunch. I'm in, I'm out, and you get that for lunch. Now, dinner, if I'm having pizza, usually you're correct. It is in a restaurant where you will have maybe a little foofier pizza. You never know, and I like, you know, <laughs> different things on there. But either way, I, what I'm going to tell you is, that even if I were just to, as I did as a kid growing up, pizza box on Bleecker Street, you would call and the guy shows up like 20 minutes later with the, you know, with the, with the box, the white box with the grease already dripping through it. That, that, that if I were to order that now, I would open a bottle of wine with it. And I think it would be delightful, Tim Hasselbeck. Is there a problem with that? No, there is not a problem with that. There is not a problem with that. And I would just say I definitely had you is only like a, a thin crust with like, you know, vegetables I've never heard of before, <laughs> sprinkled onto it and stuff like combinations that you've never seen before. I had that. I'm, I, I'm, and I'm so I'm I'm excited to hear that you like like white greasy pizza box. And with that being the case, I think it's fine for you to. The pop of red, white, whatever you want to pair with. There we go. There we go. That's okay, Tim Hasselbeck on my side. Extremely well played. Thank you, Tim. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. See you, guys. That's Tim Hasselbeck with me here. Airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash greenie. Nuno, get a load of this. Because Hembo is not telling you the whole story. All right, Nuno, you got me here? I got you. Hembo has a far more unpopular opinion than mine, and yet he just wants me, he's hoping it doesn't come up. Hembo, did you or did you not say that you do not like drinking beer with food at any time, that you will never pair any food with beer? That's exactly what I said. And that is way worse and far less popular and far foofier. And what's the reason why? Because it's too heavy? It's a bit heavy. It does ruin my palate. I love beer. I love food. But combining the two lessens both of them because the beer has a bitter taste. And so the, 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 I'm impacting the way that the food goes down. And then I'm also uh, ruining the way that the beer tastes because the food is impacting that too. So I eat, I eat something with usually with water. I drink with water, and then I'll have a beer later, or I'll have a beer to start. But I will never eat food and beer at the same time. No, no, never once in my life. Which of those takes my drinking wine with beer with with pizza, or Hembo never drinking beer with any food? Do you think would be more mocked, more commonly mocked by people in the world? Well, it's obviously Hembo's take. Yes. And you know what I've noticed the last few months with Hembo yeah. on the show is he has some horrible takes when it comes to things like food and things of that nature. But he tries to, like, you know, 
get everyone on his side right. by saying, hey, Greeny, you know, like, you probably, you do this and it's weird. And right. He's like, no, like, Hembo, chicken wings. If you're having wings, you have, you have the beer. Here's the thing. You just used the word palate mm. when talking about drinking beer. <laughs> Let the record show I've never done that, and I'm me. Yeah. So what so, you're saying is I might be the problem here. Yes, right? you're the problem in this relationship. And Nuno, you're saying this is not the first time that I've had such an offensive opinion. Uh, there's been there's been many. I, I'm so put off and thrown by this. I, I might not be able to come back for a week. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, anyway, have a wonderful weekend. There's a ton of football to watch and a whole lot more. Hope you will enjoy it. And we will see you back and better than ever drinking wine to our heart's content on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.